0: be seated good gracious that's the loudest i've ever heard this room sing did you hear that oh my gosh which it should be we we let y'all pick the songs and that song was the overwhelming like there wasn't even a close second like that's the don't you love that song my gosh and I'm, I'm standing over there, I, I got a little, I got, my eyes started sweating, y'all know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was like, this room is so loud, I love that. Um, so I was trying to think about how to finish off the, the year, and I thought I had a pocket, nope, it zipped. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Anyway, and I, I don't think I've ever told this story. Um, but I'm kind of curious, and by the way, my hand's raised, so you can go ahead and confess and feel okay about it. Has anybody ever um, sleepwalked? Anybody ever sleepwalk, sleepwalkers? Anybody sleepwalkers? Sleep talkers? Sleep talkers? <laughs> sleep farters? You fart in your sleep? <laughs> How many are sitting next to somebody that farts in their sleep? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, when I was a kid... I was a kid. I remember this. I was five or six years old. I don't remember the, a lot of the details around it, but I remember my mom and dad. My mom and dad used to put me to bed, and we would say the, the prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep, and then um, I would go to sleep. And I can remember the next. I remember just a few hours later, I woke up. And I was like five or six in in the bathtub, buck naked, with my nose bleeding. And this is listen. I wasn't. This, I wasn't even drinking. I was five or six. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hit the bottle while I was eight. So I, I was, and I remember my mom and dad came in, and they were, they were kind of shocked. They were like, what are, what are you doing? And I said, I was crying. I was like, I don't know. And my dad, he's, he was like a redneck. He was like, who's in this house? Who brought you in here? Who did this to you? I'm, and I'm like, I don't know. And my mom's all compassionate and stuff. And, and for about two or three weeks after that, I would sleepwalk. And it was, it was weird when you would go to sleep in one place and wake up the next you know, somewhere else and not remember how you get there. Now, for many of us, that's called Saturday night. But like when you're five or six years old, that's, that's awkward. And I was, the reason I'm telling that story is because it's completely possible, it's completely possible to be at church every single Sunday and still be asleep spiritually. It's, it's completely possible to sleepwalk our way through life and through church and through our relationship with Jesus. And so today, today I think it's going to be a very encouraging message because I'm, I'm trying to build people up, but I think for many of us, we're going to feel a little bit challenged, especially if we've fallen asleep in the light. And I'm going to do it by telling a story that honestly, when I read this story in the Bible, I re- <laughs> most of y'all figured this out, I read the Bible a little bit differently And there's some funny stuff in the Bible that I see that you might not see. And that doesn't mean you're not smart. It just means that I'm warped. And so (laughs) I think Luke was writing the book of Acts. The same guy that wrote the book of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And I think we needed some humor because Paul, the apostle Paul had just been to this city called Ephesus and it started out real good in Ephesus, but he started a riot before he left the city. Now, I'm like, there, there's a goal to aim for because I've actually never started a riot. And so I have goals in my life. And then he went to another city and a bunch of people tried to kill him. So he's been through a lot. So I'm, I think that Luke felt like we needed some comedic relief. And so this is what we're, we're, we're going to start in Acts chapter 20, um, verse 7. Let me find my, there we go. Here, watch this. On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share and the Lord's Supper. So this was like their church service. They got together for for church. Paul was preaching to them. And since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Now, this is why I think it's funny. Have have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and at some point you're wondering, are you going to make a point? Are you gonna land the plane? Is this, are, like, what are you talking about? Every man in the room is nodding his head because you have the, this conversation. Okay, so so, I think this is funny. Don't miss this. You're gonna see it again in just a minute because this is Luke talking about Paul and he's trying to be nice, but Luke has a bless his heart moment and we see it right here. He kept talking until midnight. In other words, Luke is saying he wouldn't shut up. Now, if you're from the South, you probably have, like I have, I have an uncle, had an uncle on my dad's side of the family named Uncle Dewey. And on my mom's side of the family was Uncle Ted. And if you called on them to pray at a, at a meal, oh my God, they prayed for Everybody in the family. They prayed for all the animals in the family. They, they just wouldn't shut up. I was in a church one time where the Deacon of the Week prayed. I don't know if you're from a Baptist background, you had Deacon of the Week. And when Deacon Hugh prayed, his name was Hugh. When Deacon Hugh prayed, I'm telling y'all, you could leave the service, go get in your car, get it washed, get the oil changed, get the tires changed, rotated, balanced, come back, and Hugh would still be praying. I mean, it was like, oh. And so we've all been in environments where we're just dying. Some of y'all are like, yeah, here, every week. I just, I'm wondering how long is it going to take you to shut up, right? And so, so Luke is nice enough to tell us about this situation happening where Paul's, Paul's probably pretty excited. He's probably pretty worked up. And then he, he's, he's preaching, and he keeps talking till midnight. Next verse is interesting as well. He said, he said, the upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. And when I was reading this, kind of taking some notes, I, I just wrote down next to this verse on my little, I, I wrote down environments matter. And that's, that's true, we know that. Like every man in this room, work with me for a second. Let's say, <laughs> let's say that, I don't know if you're going to work tomorrow. Let's say the next week when all the schedules get back on, you 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 pull up in your driveway. And normally you've got you've got kids, right? And they're running out to meet you. And you've been at work all day. And so what you're thinking in your mind is, here comes people who I put on this planet. And I don't want them to talk to me. That's what you're thinking. That's <laughs> what's going through your mind. Every man in this room, you just clicked. But let's say when you go home, you go home and, and they're... The, the kids are mysteriously not there, but there's a there's a note from your wife on the door, and it says, "Please come in." And you walk in the room, and there's candles lit, and there's romantic music playing. Let me ask you a question, men: Do environments matter? Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, every man in this room leaned over to your wife and said, baby, did you, did you take notes? He is anointed. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Environments matter. When you go to a, a fancy restaurant, when I say, when I say fancy restaurant, is I'm not talking Golden Corral, okay? That's not fancy. That's wow. Um, I'm talking like you, got multiple, like you got multiple forks, multiple knives, and you don't, I don't know which one to use, and it, you work from the outside in. That's what I was told. Or you can do like me. I'm like, I'm just going to use this same fork. I don't care. It's just going in my mouth. Anyway, let's say you go to a fancy restaurant, and everything is nice except for you got a kid um, two tables over, that is screaming. I'm not talking about a fussy baby. There's a difference. I'm talking about you got a kid that is on crack and freaking out like two tables over. Do environments matter? Yeah. Now, the reason I bring this up is because one of the things that Luke wants us to know about this room is it was well lit. In other words, he was telling us that environments matter. And one of the reasons that we do what we do here at Second Chance is because we believe environments matter. See, our vision is to create an environment where people, all people, can experience the presence of Jesus every single week. And the reason I think that's a big deal is because you can't encounter the presence of Jesus on a consistent basis and stay the same. Something has to change in us, and something will change in this room, and eventually something will change in the community and I believe that church is way too important to make it boring. I had a conversation recently in our first-timers area with a guy who, um, oh, my gosh. So i love to talk to you about the good ones. But the, every once in a while, whoo, he walked up to me and he was, you know when, when somebody's smirking at you and you know this isn't about to go good? So I said, "Um, first time here? And he smirked at me, he said, yeah, it's my first time. And I said, well, how did you enjoy the service? And he looked at me and he said, it was entertaining. And I shocked him, because I said, dude, that is awesome. (laughs) He said, what? I said, yeah. If I had the choice between entertaining you or boring you, I would pick entertaining. Because, see, I think we have a God that's all about getting our attention. Because we have a man named Jesus who rose from the grave. That, my friend, is an intention to get her. He walked on water. He fed 5,000. We've got a book given to us by God that is not boring. We've got a church given to us by God that is not boring. This should be the most exciting place for us to walk. I believe... We should walk into church with a sense of expectation. And one of the reasons I believe there is hardly any revelation in people's lives is because we walk in with no expectation. But this is what I know. When we walk in with expectation, God will meet us there with revelation every single time. And my hope and my prayer. Listen, you you might get to a place where you don't like what we do sometimes, but you will never be bored in this house. So Luke is like, well, it was, it was well lit. It was well lit. But watch what he does to Paul again. He's kind of throwing Paul under the bus. You ever been thrown under the bus? He's kind of throwing Paul under the bus. As Paul spoke on and on, <laughs> he wouldn't shut up. Everybody's like, how are we going to get him to be? I don't know. Angels in heaven are going, man, I, don't, I guess we're going to have to kill somebody, get him shut up. Watch this. As Paul spoke on and on, a young, man, a young man named Eutychus. Now, here's the irony. Eutychus in the Greek means fortunate. <laughs> but watch what happens to Eutychus. Eutychus was sitting on the windowsill, and he became very drowsy. Now, you ever... You ever falling asleep at a place you're not supposed to fall asleep? How many of y'all ever fallen asleep at work? You fallen asleep at work. Yeah. Are you, are you, my mom and dad, they didn't fall asleep. They just told me, oh, I just rest in my eyes. I just rest in my eyes. How about driving? You ever fallen asleep driving? It's just like you're your church, oh, isn't that the best three seconds of sleep you ever got in your life? You're like, oh, And I know there are people who fall asleep in church. I know there's people that fall asleep in this church. I know for a fight because at the Christmas services. I'm by there in the first timers area. A little family comes in. Cute family, nice family. Got a little 10-year-old boy. I said, did you enjoy SC Kids? He said, I didn't go. I said, oh, I said, did you enjoy the service? He said, I slept through the whole thing. <laughs> I started telling him this story, but I didn't think it'd be good because because watch this. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. So I started telling a kid, "Hey, man, story about a kid falling asleep in church. Let me read it to you." Merry Christmas, but I didn't. <laughs> Ooh. Can you can you imagine, Utica? Now, some people want to get some people want to get mad at him, but but let's give him a little bit of grace. He was at church. At least he was at church, and he's sitting in the windowsill, and he's fighting to stay awake, and all of us know what that's like to fight to stay awake, and finally, he falls asleep figuring, what's the worst thing that could happen if I fall asleep, and then his name is fortunate, but it didn't quite live up to his name because he dropped three stories to his death below he was in he was asleep in the light he was asleep in the light now the reason i bring that up is because it's completely possible to show up at church every single week and be asleep in the light like let me let me throw some hypotheticals at you just let's let's say that Somebody's here today and you're dealing with hate. Now, when I say hate, like, if there's a, let me put it this way. If there is a group of those people in your life, eh, because what we don't understand when we talk about those people is we are a group of those people to some other people. So you got to watch when you talk about those people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, this is, oh, how do I put this? You know, when you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror, looking around the room, it looks like most of y'all, most of y'all looked in the mirror this morning. <laughs> Call like I see it. When you look in a mirror, is you. Your goal is to fix you, correct? You don't look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I wish Melvin could see this. <laughs> when we talk about this stuff over the next few minutes, I want you to be looking in the mirror. I want this to be self-reflection. If you, At any point while I talk about these next three things, if you go, oh my gosh, I wish Linda was here to hear this, you missed it. You can't look in the mirror and fix Linda. So the, the reason I bring up hate is, is there anybody that you can think of right now in your life that if you heard that something bad happened to them, you wouldn't do it, you probably wouldn't do it hourly, but you would you would you'd feel good about it. You'd rejoice. Because you hate them. Now, for me, anytime I preach on this, I got to do a, a gut check. I got to do a get in the mirror look and I mean. I got to make sure, and I can tell you this, there's nobody on the planet that I hate. I'm, I'm 52, y'all. I ain't got time to hate. Now, there's some people I probably wouldn't go to lunch with, but it doesn't mean I hate them. In fact, I, I'm, I'm just asking you, is there anybody right now, because the reason I bring that up is in a church this size, I know there are people in this church that won't talk to other people in this church. I'll pray for you, but I won't talk to you. Is there anybody in this room that you won't talk to? Now, some of y'all don't get technical with me because you're like, no, they come to the 915 service. Okay, okay, is there anybody in this church? Because the reason, the reason that matters is this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, they will know that you are my followers by the way that you love one another. Not by what you believe, by how you behave. And if we can't love other people, even the people that have hurt us, we got some work to do. Let's talk about something way less controversial. Let's talk about greed. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that makes me a little cringy, nervous, is, is talking about money in church. And let me, let me tell you why. I didn't even really figure this out until this week. The reason why I have a hard time preaching about money in church is the very first time I ever really remember hearing about money in church was the whole Jim and Tammy Baker thing and if you were around for that you were like oh snap and then anytime a preacher would talk about it I just want your money I can tell y'all I have no interest in your money I don't if y'all have googled me y'all know I got 63 million dollars <laughs> somewhere I have no idea where it is. I must have been hammered when I hit that money. I have no, but I, I have no, like I have no desire. I, like I've got everything I want in life right now. I've got it. I sleep indoors. I have food. I have clothes. Um, my, my, my dogs are healthy, right? My wife is healthy. My, I, like I've got everything I want. So when I ask you this question, I'm asking you this question not because I want anything from you but, but because I want something for you. Does Jesus have control of your finances? Because when we pray and we say Jesus is Lord, we, it means everything. It means the way we handle money as well. So when we talk about giving in the service, do you get tense? Do you get mad? Do you get angry? Or do you rejoice? Because at the end of the day, the only reason any of us have anything is because God, in his grace, gave it to us. Right? And, then, and then let's talk about that, that pet sin. You say, Perry, what's a pet sin? It's very simple. It's, it's that thing that you know that you're doing, you're doing, and you know you're doing it, and you know it's sinful, and you know it's wrong, but you're not going to stop. Now, when you do it, you're going to ask God for forgiveness, but then you're going to do it again. And you're just not going to stop. Now, the reason I know this so well is because I have had several pet sins throughout my life. And this is what I've discovered because this is what people will say. Well, I know I'm sinning, but God's amazing grace. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. But let me tell you something about God's amazing grace. Grace does forgive us for our sins, but it also gives us power over sin it gives us the ability to look at sin and say, you no longer have control over me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Right? I'm just saying these things can lure us asleep. These things can cause us to to go asleep in the light. We can be in church and still be ruled by these things. And at the end of the day, none of us really wants that for ourselves. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's watch this. Time. <laughs> Paul went down, bent over him, took him in his arms. Don't worry, he said. He's alive. This could have went bad. Because what if Paul, y'all remember, have y'all ever been to one of those church, churches where the, the preacher was just mad, and he had something wrong with his throat because he kept going, "Ha!" <laughs> you ever been there? What if Paul would have been one of those preachers, and instead of going down to Eutychus, he would have stood three stories over him, So that's the problem with you young people! <laughs> Spend all your time on Facebook when you should shut down Facebook and get your face uh, in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Spending your time on Snapchat and what you don't know is the devil's gonna snap you up and chat you into hell. (laughs) Tick-tock hickory, Dock, gods about to clean your clock. (laughs) Y'all, it is scary how good I am at that. I, really, I mean, <laughs> some of y'all were just on Snapchat and you just, you just logged off. I kind of felt that in my spirit. <laughs> this, is, this verse right here is, is mind-blowing. When you consider that, that Eutychus fell three stories and Paul literally could have gone and, and judged him. He could have said, that's what's wrong with young people today. Look at them. Falling out of windowsills. And if he'd have been paying attention, if he'd have been awake. if he, but, but Paul stopped what he was doing. And he went down to him. And he put his arms around him. And he spoke life over him. Now, the reason this got me when I was studying is because in Philippians chapter 2, Paul tells us, this is what Jesus did for us. See, we weren't bad people. We were dead people. And what can a dead person do for themselves? Nothing. And when we were dead and we were helpless, Jesus came down and he took us in his arms and he spoke life over us. That's the reason that we're here today. That's the reason that we're alive today. That's the reason we can have hope today. And this is what, this is what Paul did for Eutychus. And this is what I want our church to do for people. Because, I mean, we've got some people in this room, but you've taken a hard fall at some point in your life. I mean, it was tough. You didn't see it coming, the job loss, the divorce, the addiction. You didn't see it coming. In church culture, especially in the south, when, when you fall, well, they, they talk about you, but they ain't going to come down to you. And I want you to know, I want this place to be a place where when we see people fall, we don't push them out. We go to them. We put our arms around them, and we speak life over them and speaking life over somebody yeah. speaking life over somebody isn't giving them permission to sin speaking life over somebody that's what God did that's what God does for us that's what God's Word does for us he speaks life here's here this is an example of speaking life you can walk in victory you can have peace you can have hope you can break that addiction you can overcome anxiety you can Break the chains of sin that are in your life. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's what speaking life is. And that's what I want our church to be known as a life-giving church. <clears throat> so, so Paul goes down and he tells everybody else, don't worry. <laughs> and everybody else is thinking, yeah, it's easy for you to say, Paul, you just killed a guy, which... I mean, I was, I was laughing because I preached, I preached some bad sermons. I've preached some controversial sermons. I've preached some sermons that have caused people to get up and walk out. But so far, I don't think I've killed anybody. <laughs> so Paul, killing people. But you know what? I guess it's okay if you can bring them back from the dead. It's like a neat sermon trick, right? Verse 11. <laughs> Then they all went back upstairs, (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing because it's funny, shared in the Lord's Supper and ate together. Now, don't just read over that verse, think about it for a second. You're Eutychus, you went to church, Paul, the most anointed, gifted person on the planet killed you. You wake up and you're in his arms and he's like, come back to church. I would have to think about it for a minute, wouldn't you? In fact, if any, can, can we all agree, can we all agree, Eutychus experienced church hurt? Yes or no? Okay, when, when, when somebody kills you with their preaching, that's, that's, that's church hurt on a different level. And if anybody had a reason to walk away from church, it was Eutychus. Eutychus could have said, you know what, I'm I'm going to think about this for a minute. Um, I hung out with you Christians for a little while. Y'all killed me, so I'm going to have to go home and kind of pray about whether or not I'm supposed to. I mean, Eutychus experienced church hurt. And the reason reason I'm bringing that up is because if you're in this room and you've been in church for more than five minutes, you've experienced church hurt. Let me give you a newsflash. More than likely, you've also been a part of somebody else's church hurt. Not intentionally. Most people don't do it intentionally. I've asked people, why'd you stop going to church? There's a woman there that looked at me weird. Really? Yeah, she would look at me weird every week. She'd just look at me weird. I said, well, maybe you're weird. <laughs> or maybe she had gas. You, you never know. She could have been one of those... She, could, she You got to squeeze that out sometimes, right? <laughs> now... There are very few things that I'm an expert on. But when it comes to, when it comes to church hurt, I know a little bit about that. I, 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 I've, been, I've been hurt and so have you. But here's, here's the deal. At the end of the day, church hurt is not a reason to stay away from church. Because, I mean, Jesus experienced some church hurt. And he still calls the church his broad. And I'm saying this because I know it kind of feels like I'm preaching to the choir, but let me do this for just a second. I'm not necessarily preaching to everybody in the room, but right now I'm preaching to our friends online. And I love you, and you're watching online, and you watch every week, and you've been watching for a year or two or three, and you're saying, I don't know if I want to go back to church because I got hurt at some point in church, and I'm here to let you know you can't use that excuse anymore. It's time for you to get off your blessed assurance and get back to church. If it's this church, awesome. But hell is too hot, sin is too real, and heaven is too good for us to sit down and do nothing. We got to move. So, so so, not only did Eutychus go back, but they took him back in. And, and that's the good news. If, if you If you're here and you've fallen and you've messed up, Our goal is not to thin the herd, and our goal is not to see how long we can keep you on the sideline. If you can play, we want you to play. When these doors open, I want you to walk into this room. Because here's what I know. Once again, if you continue to show up and continue to get in the presence of Jesus, you cannot stay the same. And I'm so thankful, and this is why. This is why. And I had to work on this because... Whoo, once you say stuff, people on the internet get mad. But but I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to stand by it. Jesus saved my soul. But this church saved my life. And that's true. So Eutychus was like, all right. And then they took him back. Nobody judged him. Nobody was like, well, that's the guy that fell asleep that time. They go back up and they start celebrating, and then, and then the Bible says, "Meanwhile, the young man was taken home. Don't miss this phrase: alive and well. And everyone was greatly relieved, which is an understatement, because the funeral committee had already kicked in. Right? Got a guy to got a kit, alive and well. Now, this is the time of year. <laughs> I don't know if you do this or not, but like the whole New Year's resolutions thing." I don't do that. I stopped doing that a few years ago. I, I just have a word every year that I'm going I'm to focus on that one word, and that's going to be my word all year long. But some people s- still put out resolutions. And here's what I know about every one of your new, new Year's resolutions. It doesn't matter who you are. It's, it's to be successful in some area of your life. Like if it's a, if it's a money goal, nobody, nobody in this room is going, man, 2024 is a year. I want to go broke. I wanna go broke. I want to invest in all the bad stocks. And nobody, nobody, I've never met anybody that said, man, it's my goal next year to gain a hundred pounds. I want to gain a hundred. I want to Oreos. And I wanna I wanna sweat Oreos. I wanna eat so many Oreos. Like nobody's ever nobody's ever said that to me. Nobody's ever said, you know, I wanna. I want to blow up my life. Nobody's ever said that. This is, this is the thing I know about every single person in this room. If you have a goal for this next year, this is what I know about that goal. You want to be successful. Now, success is that thing that we don't talk about a lot in church because it, and it blows my mind when people go, well, you shouldn't talk about it. The word success is all over the scriptures. Joshua 1, God tells Joshua, listen, if you want to be prosperous and successful, stick to my word. The word success is used. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I have one main goal for you this year as your pastor. This is, in fact, this is my goal for the church. This is my goal. People have asked me, Pastor P, what's your goal for Second Chance for 24? What's your goal? I, it's real simple. I got one goal. I got one goal. I got one goal. And my goal is that you would be spiritually successful this next year now what does that look like it looks different for every person in fact in fact next week if you if you're a note taker if you are a note taker you're gonna love next week because when you walk in you're gonna have an outline and a pen and you're gonna think you're in heaven and if you hate notes then you can just draw away and pretend you're taking notes and i'll think you're taking notes this is what I do know about being spiritually successful. Being spiritually successful is being always willing to say yes to your next step in your walk with Jesus. And all of us, all of us have a next step in our walk with Jesus. Because none of us, if we were standing next to Jesus, would get mistaken for twins. It took a minute, but thank you very much. That was a I want want you, when you you walk out of this place, because listen, I'm not in control of what happens in your home, I'm not in control of what happens in your job, but when you walk out of this place, I want you to walk out of here feeling alive and well. Alive and well. Even when we're convicted of sin, we can still walk out feeling alive and well because we we can rejoice in the fact that Jesus loved us enough to convict us because he wants us to get it right. I want you to feel alive and well. And the reason why is because in this story, the person I relate the most to is Eutychus. I had a hard fall. But there were some people that put their arms around me and pulled me back in. And that's the kind of church that we're going to be. And I promise you, I promise you, if you'll keep showing up Sunday after Sunday and keep leaning in to what God has for you, That you might not feel it today, but eventually, when you leave this place, you'll feel alive and well because of what Jesus is doing in your life. That's the kind of church I want us to have. So a part of looking to the future is just pausing and being thankful for all that he's done in our life. Like every time we've said yes, it's turned out good. So do me a favor, let's let's stand and pray. And Jesus, right now, I just wanna say, thank you, God, for being so good to us and for being so faithful. I wanna say thank you, Jesus, that you have a plan and purpose for every single person in this room, every single person watching online right now. God, your heart is to speak life into us. Your heart is for us to be well. God, that begins with us just pausing to understand. Right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, how far has he brought you? What has he done in your life just this year that you could say thank you for? God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for showing me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for moving me. God, I'm gonna say thank you. What what can we thank him for? Because when we thank him and then we ask him, we can ask him with a heart of gratitude. Father, thank you so much for who you are, what you're doing, and what you're gonna do in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this room right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed. God is in this place, y'all. He's in this room. Maybe you're here and you just need to know. You just need to know. Maybe you, you just need to know that in Christ, you can overcome. You can be filled with peace. You can be filled with hope. You can walk in freedom. The chains that Satan tried to put on you will break in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I don't know what you might be wrestling with or struggling through right now, but this is what I know. You'll call out to the Lord right where you stand. He'll meet you there. He'll meet you there. Tell Him what you're struggling with. Tell Him what you need help with. Tell Him what you need to know. Ask Him for insight. Ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him for strength. Ask Him. Maybe you're here and you've never prayed to receive Christ. you never asked Jesus into your life. And that's where, that's where it starts. That's where it begins. So if you're here and you know you need to accept Christ, I want to invite you right where you stand to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. But here's the deal. Here at Second Chance, we pray out loud. I'm going to ask you to repeat this salvation prayer after me out loud. And our Second Chance family is going to say it with you. But Second Chance fam, this is what we're going to do this next year. We're going to take the volume up a little bit. We've been quietening this salvation prayer down. God didn't call His church to be a gentle lamb. He called us to be a roaring lion. So we are, we're, gonna, we're not going to whisper it. We're going to say it. So those who are saying it will know that, that, listen, it's not words we're saying. We believe this stuff. We believe it. We believe it. And so if you're here today and you know you need to pray to receive Christ, you pray this with me. Second Chance Fam, let's pray it with them. Let's pray it with them. Just say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you as my Savior. I need you as my Savior. I believe, you died on the cross, I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the, sin, rose from the, grave, rose from the grave to pay for my sins. My sins. And right now, Jesus, right now, Jesus I declare you, declare you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With head still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ into your life, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you before you leave this room. So if you just pray that prayer, you just ask Christ in your know, life, do me a favor right where you stand right now and just hold your hand up high. Just just raise it up high so I can see it because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Amen, amen. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. I want to make sure I see every hand. I want to make sure I see every hand over here on this side. Man, that is amazing. Amen, amen, th- amen. thank you, thank you. Wow, over here on this side. Keep them up, keep them up. God, you're so good. God, you're, mm. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that... We haven't never had a church service, Jesus, where you didn't show up. You are in this place today. And God, because, because you're here, that makes it worth being here. Father, thank you that you have, you have given us the most exciting message in the world, the message of the resurrection. And that's not a, just a message we can tell other people about. It's a message that the, the risen Savior lives in us. I want to pray for every single person that raised their hand that received you, Jesus. I pray that they would walk out of here feeling so much hope and so much joy and so much peace. And I want to pray for every single person in this house today, God, that we would walk out of here feeling alive and well, because Jesus, you are alive, you are well, you are well, you live in us. So thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? (laughs) Me too. Y'all have a great week and I'll see y'all next year.